question whatsoever that the state of Florida is definitely, well, let's face it, a hellhole. Ron DeSantis and his Republican goons in Tallahassee have made sure that Florida is one of the most oppressive states in the nation, and they're not even done yet. If anything, they're only just getting started. So one of the questions I get every time I do a Q and a is, is my family going to stay here in Florida? In fact, here's a question this time. This is from a Sabrina Imer three, nine, five, six, who asks, do you and your family plan to stay in Florida, even though there's nothing but negativity and a constant downward spiral spiral throughout the state? If you were to leave, where would you go? And would you base it off a red blue lens? Um, my wife wants to move to Colorado. She's always wanted to move to Colorado. She spent uh, uh, a couple summers there as a child and I love Colorado. I think it's great. A nice swing state, right? Not too far left, not too far right. I could probably blend in pretty nicely. Um, although when we did take a trip to Colorado a couple summers ago, yeah, I'm already out of shape as it is, as you, I'm sure you can tell. Uh, I couldn't catch my breath the whole trip. So I don't know. And I, you know, had horrible asthma growing up. I still have it to this day, just not as bad. Uh, I don't know that I would survive in that altitude. Uh, but as for staying in Florida in general, right now we have no immediate plans to move. We're always open to it. And in fact, I've told my parents who, who live nearby, her, her mother lives nearby. Um, I told my mom, I was like, when y'all are gone, like you and dad, like I'm out, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to stay here, but my family needs me here. Her family needs her here. So we stay. We know, especially with her being a teacher, this is not a friendly environment for teachers. Uh, I know with my politics, this is not a friendly environment for me. Um, I've even had very public feuds. Uh, with my state representative. He's a Republican. Uh, he has uh, harassed the hell out of me across social media. Uh, so it's, it's a bad place. But we're also uh, in a position to where we're, I mean, she is as a teacher, but it's bad for us, but it's not as bad as it is for other people. And I, I've also had a lot of people ask, like, should, you know, other liberals leave the state of Florida. And the answer to that is not as simple because not everybody has the means to just say like, all right, kids pack it up. We're leaving and we're going to move to a different state. But there are people that are being specifically targeted. And I mean, pretty much the entire LGBTQ community, the African-American community, the, the Latino community here in Florida, all of them being targeted specifically by legislation from the Florida government, women, regardless of political affiliation, regardless of race, women are being targeted with the abortion ban here. So it's getting bad and pretty much everybody except straight white men, unless you're a teacher have been targeted. So it, it, it is very difficult. It isn't a friendly environment at all, but because we have our, our support systems here, it's harder for us to just say, screw it. We're going to leave. Uh, but again, the other part of your question was, where would you go? I mentioned my wife likes Colorado. I fell in love with Arizona. I love Nevada. Uh, I, I liked the Southern part of Utah, uh, that we spent a little bit of time in on our vacation this summer. Uh, I like, uh, apparently and this is something I didn't know about myself. I like red rock. Like apparently that's what I love. So I'd be open to that area, Arizona, Nevada, of course, a little bit, a little bit red, but a little bit blue, depending on where you're at. So 
I don't think politics would play much of a role in where I went unless of course we were specifically targeted by that legislation. And obviously having a wife and daughter, any state that has ridiculous bans on, you know, uh, abortion or women's reproductive freedom, those are off limits. And that is actually one of the reasons because I'm, I'm terrified of something happening to either one of them or any woman in my family. And then, oops, well, law says six weeks. Sorry, you're stuck with it. Uh Uh-uh, that's not okay. So eventually I will leave here. That is a promise. There's no question that right now the MAGA movement, as they like to call themselves, is nothing short of a cult. Right? It is a cult of personality built around Donald Trump. He cultivated it, he grew it, and it's a cult. So the big question, of course, is what happens when Donald Trump is no longer around? I mean, he's not immortal. Something eventually is going to make it to where he's not able to lead his cult anymore. And that leads us to a question from one of our YouTube community members. Uh, Zepfan74 asks, as far as cults go, The leader is not replaced unless they die. Trump is getting closer to the end of the line. I believe Trumpism will go on regardless if he passes on. Who do you think the person is that would take his place as the MAGA cult leader? My bets would be on DeSantis or Marjorie Taylor Greene. Also, do you think there would be infighting within the cult on who to appoint as the new leader? (sighs) The cult itself does not continue to survive after the leader leaves. What happens at that point is you do have a lot of infighting. You will end up with different factions, different individuals fighting to take over. You will probably have Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to carry on that banner, possibly Matt Gates. Um, you mentioned DeSantis. I don't think at that point he's going to be a player anymore. I mean, literally, I do not think he will be in politics anymore by the time that happens. He is term limited as Florida governor. Uh, We've got two Republicans holding our Senate seats, so it's unlikely that he is going to be able to primary one of them. So when he leaves as governor, he's kind of out of politics, Uh, which is why, by the way, 2024 is his really only shot to be president. Having said that, you do end up with the people, like I said, Matt Gates, who is considering running for Florida's governor, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is in a safe district and loves to appeal to the MAGA freaks so she can, you know, garner that. Uh, Jim Jordan could, Gosar could, uh, Ted Cruz is probably going to try to scoop some of them up, but none of those people is going to get all of them because they do not have the combination of traits that Donald Trump has. And and that's a thing that I think a lot of people overlook with the Trump cult. It's not just, Hey, we're very conservative. This guy's very conservative. We like you. It's everything about him. It's the money. It's the bullying. It's the attitude. It's the arrogance. It's the ego. It's the power. It's the wife. It's all of it combined. So you will have individuals that have some of those traits, but you'll never find another person that has all of those traits all together. So once that person leaves, 
if there has not already, by the way, been an heir apparent, then the cult fractures. Part of it goes to Ted Cruz. Part of it goes to Green. Part of it goes to Jim Jordan. Part of it goes to Matt Gates. But it is fractured at that point. At which point, by the way, they just rebrand themselves because all these MAGA freaks used to just be the Tea Party, and now they're MAGA, and they'll move on. They'll call themselves something else. But I, I mentioned, by the way, the heir apparent. So if Donald Trump gets to the point where his health starts failing and he knows that and he goes out there and pushes somebody else as the next leader, there is a chance that that individual takes most, not all of the following and keeps it alive enough to continue going. I don't think that'll happen. Donald Trump will never relinquish power. will never tell his people to follow somebody else instead of him. Even if he were on his deathbed, he wouldn't do that. So I think that once Trump leaves that MAGA cult, not only fractures, but some of the people will wake up and leave it all together. The very first individual to flip in the Georgia indictments was a man by the name of Scott Hall, who was a former Republican poll watcher and a bail bondsman, conveniently enough, right? But he agreed recently to, instead of being charged with seven felony accounts, he's going to plead to five misdemeanors. He's going to avoid prison, get a little bit of home confinement, a little bit of uh, community service and probation. But most importantly, he agreed to testify truthfully and honestly against anyone that he is called to testify against. And I tell you that in order to preface this next question, which comes from YouTube community member, Cheryl Lamoth 2866, who asks, we've had our first flipper in the Georgia case. Do you think it's officially flipping season? Oh, it is 100% flipping season right now in the state of Georgia. Fonnie Willis has come out and offered multiple different co-defendants plea deals. And the reason for that, according to legal analysts and experts, you know, the people smarter than me who know how this works a little bit better than I do, they've pointed out that Fonnie Willis doesn't want to try 19 people. Fonnie Willis really only wants to try one person, according to these experts. And that person, as I'm sure you, you can guess, is Donald Trump. So that's the one she is after, right? That is the big fish in the pond. That is the one she wants to get. But she is going to have to try other people. But if you can get enough people to flip, right? Because that's the goal. You don't want to have to go through this 19 different times. You don't want to use up all your ammo in the first couple trials so that the people coming up with trials months away, they know what you're going to do and say, you don't want to give up your strategies like that. So if she can get more people to flip, here's what's going to happen. And this is the way I've explained it uh, uh, in the past. It's basically like a ladder, right? Donald Trump is sitting up here at the top of the ladder, but then you got all these people down here at the bottom rung too, you know, and a lot of them facing similar Rico charges. So Scott Hall is at the bottom of the ladder. He's not a guy that was communicating directly with Donald Trump, but he was communicating with people along that ladder leading up to Donald Trump. So you get a guy like Scott Hall to agree to turn state's witness. He can testify about maybe the person in the rung above him on that ladder. Then you go to that person. You say, listen, I got this guy over here. He's got you cold on X, Y, and Z crimes. We take this thing to trial. He's going to go up there and he is going to blow your whole defense out of the water. Do you want that? 
do you want to go to jail for a minimum of five years? Or we play, let's make a deal. And you take behind, uh, take what's behind door number one here. So that person's going to say, all right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll plead. And Fonnie Willis, her prosecutor's going to say, okay, wonderful. What can you tell us about the person on the rung above you on that ladder? And so on and so forth. That's how you get these people to flip. And eventually you do work your way up to Donald Trump. Hopefully, you know, some of the higher rungs have direct contact with him, direct knowledge of things he may have done that would help prosecutors secure a conviction. So is it flipping season? Yes, it is. And Willis right now is wheeling and dealing. She's talking to people. She's making the offers. It's up to them to take them because if they don't, the odds of them coming out of this without a conviction are exceptionally low. Political polls can be a little challenging, right? Right now we've got conflicting polls. Some telling us, oh my God, Biden is screwed. Trump is going to win this thing. Others telling us, hey, Trump has no chance of winning. But at the end of the day, the question is, what do we trust and what do we know is total BS? And that leads me to our next question. Here's a question from a YouTube community member, Cook4192, who asks, when I look at the polling, I see where Democrats are doing better than Republicans and others show the opposite. Not just that both parties have negative ratings. How will we have a clear idea on where America truly stands for 2024 if we keep getting mixed polling? The last two elections, 2016 and 2020, and you could probably even count the 2022 midterms, the polling has been wildly inaccurate, like all over the place, wrong. And there is a big reason for that. And it's for a reason I'm going to bring up right now, actually, as I'm sitting here doing this specific segment, I have received two missed calls from a number I didn't recognize. It was an 800 number. That could have been a political pollster, but I, like millions of other Americans, do not answer numbers that I do not know unless they're local. You know, maybe it's the vet calling to say the cats are due for shots. Maybe it's my doctor, whatever. But if I don't know it and it's not local, I'm not answering. We also have an entire generation of people who are the exact opposite. If any number calls their phone, hello, yeah, hello, hi, 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 are you there? Hello, hello, before they wait for it to kick on. Um, and that tends to be the older generation that skews more to the right. The younger generation, the folks that are not answering those unknown name, unknown number, they skew more to the left. And that is one of the biggest problems with political polling. They still do it by the phone. You know, they're calling landlines. Look, nobody under 40 has a landline in their home. I'm sorry. If you do, you know, you're one of the few. So when they make these telephone calls to do the polls, which is how the more accurate polls do it, they're oversampling people that whose demographic tends to skew Republicans. You know, that poll that came out recently, the Washington Post, ABC News, one that said, oh my God, Trump's went in by 10 points. Uh, do you know what the oversampling of Republicans was? 60% of the respondents in that poll 60% either self-identified as pure Republican or Republican leaning. That's an inaccurate poll. Can't trust it. Wrong. Gone. 
And we see that in polling all the time now because you're oversampling these demographics that tend to skew more conservative. And it's not just with the not answering unknown calls. That's just a, a very good example. Uh, but there's other things too, right? You have a generation, the younger generation skews more to the left. Uh, they're going to look at anything that comes in the mail that could be a political poll. That's still a way some of them do it. And they're going to toss it out. The online polls that they see, oh, this is probably a scam. I'm going to, you know, enter into a phishing scheme if I click on this. Older folks, hell no, they're just click, click, click. I don't care. Uh, not all of them, but they're more likely to do it. So the polling is all over the place. So your question, you know, back to the, the heart of it, like when can we trust these polls? I don't ever put too much faith in it. On the public opinion stuff, absolutely. I think public opinion things are important when they're polling people on the issues. But in terms of who you're going to vote for, column A or column B, that has been so wildly inaccurate that you really can't trust it. The best you can do is to look at the polling aggregates, you know, see what all the polls combined have to say. That gives you a better picture but it, don't ever base anything on one single poll from one single group, one single time. There's just too many variables these days to be able to get purely good, accurate polling like we used to. I don't want to sound like one of those guys back in my day, we used to have reliable polls, but kind of feels that way, right? Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. <laughs>